Welcome back, everybody, and welcome if you've never listened before. You're listening to my podcast, The Essentials. I'm Maddie Flint. If you don't know me, if you do, hi, it's great to have you guys back again. Today, I have a very special episode for you guys and very special guests. Today's subject is why race is not the heart of your identity. And this is going to be from the perspective of a biracial family. So, It only makes sense that I would have my three siblings and my parents talk about what it's like to be a part of an interracial family in a society where everything is about race. Now, as Christians, we believe that God created people along with animals separately. Um, The land, the sea, the sky, the heavens, God created everything. And God is not a white Western man just because you may see images of um, Jesus or angels and everything being white um, does not mean that they are because those are just portrayed in such a way because of how each culture sees these characters of Christianity. Now, God is not a part of only one race and one culture. God is far too vast and creative to create only one culture. He speaks all languages, and he understands the hearts of every single person, regardless of race. A lot of times people will assume that biracial kids are confused or conflicted internally because they don't know which ethnicity they would fit into better, or they they feel like they don't have a full identity. And while there are sometimes times when there can be a little bit of confusion or points in our lives where we just wonder how people see us. In a society where race is the leading factor of what makes up an identity, and if you're confused in your ethnicity, then you're going to become dysfunctional. You know, you don't know where to fit in. You don't have an identity. And what this country right now seems to be doing best, especially in its educational institutions, is grouping by racial identity. That's how you find your whole persona. It's really de facto segregation. And regardless of all of this political turmoil over ethnicity, biracial people still have a very strong individual sense of character. Are you fine? No. So do you want skin color to be the first thing that people notice about you? No. Yes. Yeah, I, I gotta say yeah, you know. How do you feel about being biracial? It feels great. I, it I, just feels like... I just, we're gonna have I to just, kick you out, <laughs> smarty. <laughs> I just want to say that it makes me feel really good about myself because, you know, here in Cambridge, there aren't really a lot of biracial people. There's a couple black people and the majority is white, but not a lot of biracial people. So in school and stuff, I feel like I'm separated from the rest of them because like, you know, they all have the same type of hair and skin. Everything about them is the same, and with me, it's different. But then sometimes I have to like remember that it's okay. There's other biracial people out there. It's not just in this area, and that, that makes me feel a lot better. Right, and that is because we did grow up in a mostly white community, but we've never felt like anybody being racist towards us. We just, sometimes it feels a little bit isolating to be the only biracial kids in an area. When you make a decision, is it because of your race? Does it have anything to do with being biracial? Not at all. I mean, that's just a stupid, 
that shouldn't be the deciding factor. Yes, it does have stuff with being biracial. Okay, so you think that based on your race and your skin color, that's how you have to make your decisions? Yep. Okay. Okay, yeah, I don't feel like that at all, really. Do you happen to identify with one or the other race, or do you feel like you identify with both? Mostly black. So, yeah, Richie. I just feel like I'm vanilla and chocolate. You know, I feel just... just, Like a combination. That's a good combination. Yeah, my my mother is black and my father is white. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. That's very special. So you identify with both then, Richie? Yep. Okay. What about you, Izzy? Um, For me, it depends on where I am. Once again, at school, because most of the kids are white, I feel like I'm black. But then... Like when I'm talking to them about my hair and stuff, I have to like remind them, oh yeah, this isn't just all the way black hair because they see it as frizzy and tangled and everything. So I have to remind them that when it's wet, you know, it's white hair too. It's fine textured and everything. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like when I went to college, I growing up here, my whole class was predominantly white. But then, and so I felt black, and I even had some kids refer to me as the black Maddie because there was an, there were other Maddies, obviously. But when I went to UAlbany, I was like, oh, I'm biracial. You know, I'm there's a whole bunch of kids here of other ethnicities, and I didn't feel like I was black Maddie. It does definitely depend on where you are. How does it make you guys feel if somebody woke was trying to speak for you because they believe that since you're biracial, you're marginalized or something, or you don't know how to speak for yourself? How would that make you feel? I just, it'd make me feel just angry. Angry, uh, it'd probably make me feel like frustrated because they don't get to tell me, you know, like how to speak and stuff. So they need to just chill. It's not fair because they don't know what we know and what we don't know. So say if we're talking about something and they assume that I don't know anything, so they keep trying to talk for me. And and in reality, I could know more than they do. I could know a thousand more things than they do. And they wouldn't realize it because they assume that we're uneducated and it's so annoying. Yeah, I was was told by somebody white that I need to get educated on my own, on, on black people and on mixed people. And I was like, I have black family and white family yeah and so who are you to tell me to get educated on like who we are that doesn't make up our whole identity but it is who we are so i don't need to be told by someone else that do you think that there are people who have assumptions of you based on if they do judge you on your skin do they think that you like certain things because you're half black or that you wouldn't like certain things because you're half white yes i remember um when I was, I think I was 11, and it was at one of your track meets, actually, there was a person who asked me if I would be going to Cambridge School to play basketball. And I I know why. She probably looked at my hair, my skin. I was tall. So she was like, oh, and I assume that you'll be playing basketball? She said those words, I assume. And I I was like, I said, yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I want to go, but I just couldn't believe it, so. Yeah, there are a lot of assumptions on sports and things like that. Now, what are you guys' favorite fields of study? What subjects do you like to learn about the most? Space and animals. Okay. Science, history, all the good, all and above, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just like Richie. I really like astronomy a lot. I found a huge interest in human biology and linguistics and then art, of course, and Richie. Ocean biology and uh, also, what, what was it called? Uh, marine biology and what what did you like again? Astronomy. Astronomy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 
Do you guys like those fields of study because you're biracial? No, that's not the reason at all. That nope. It doesn't even go into, doesn't have anything to do with us being biracial or black or white or anything. So no. That's just your individual personality, yeah, your it's character. Interest. It's what makes me happy, you know, and right. I, I learned to love astronomy from, like, ever since I was a little kid when I would go outside. It had nothing to do with, like, people telling me what I should like, what I should go into because of, you know, my race. Now, say you wanted to go further and you wanted to work at NASA or something like that, and somebody asked you, would you be worried being um, not only a female, but being a biracial female? Do you think you'll be discriminated against? Or would you hope that people would just know that you're there because of your, your mind? No, you're smart. Yeah, I, I really hope that they wouldn't try to assume that I don't know things or try to like give me kind of like a head start, trying to make me answer the questions and make me like lead the experiment stuff just because I'm biracial. So, Right, and I wouldn't want anybody assuming that you'll be discriminated against because in that case, they're judging you based on your skin color, mm -hmm. on Not all external things. my talents, and my skills, right. you know. Now, Richie, would you want somebody to buy your art because you're biracial or no. because you, you hope that they would like your art? I want them to buy my art because I'm brave and smart. Yes. That's why I want them to buy it. <laughs> yep, and you're, you're a good artist. Do you have anything else to say? Nah, you know, I, I'm good. I mean, basketball probably, but not because I'm biracial, just because I like the sport and how my form looks. <laughs> looks very good. And what do you guys think about all the comments we get on our hair? Uh, I mean, everyone always says that either it's a wig or they, you know, like, you know, but it, it's real. I've been growing it out for, what was it, two years, a year and a half, or something like that. And 12 it just, years, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, but. We've had people tell us that some of us look more ethnic than others, but being biracial doesn't mean you can look like one thing either. Yeah, I mean, that also, it's like the hair and skin because not all biracial people have the same exact shade, you know? And Richie, how do you like wearing your hair the most? I just like mohawk. having it curly and a mohawk. Yeah. Just, I like it to be glistening and <laughs> I like it to just, just glisten and be long. Yep, and we all do have curly hair. I like to wear my hair in different types of braids and I also like to, um, mm, just to mention one thing before I forget, yeah. because you're not dark skinned, you're light skinned, but you are half black. If you wore braids and somebody thought it was cultural appropriation, what would you tell them? I would tell them that it's, it's not at all, you know? Yeah, you're doing too much. Yeah. We are half black. So some people think that racism is just embedded in white culture and that all white people are born racist. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely not true because if it was true, <laughs> none of us would exist. That, oh. that. Yes, that's a good answer, Madeline. We're not just biracial, mm -hmm. but we're biracial Republicans. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. we do like double Donald whammy. What's he bring? What's he bring meathead. politics in with? our race, the entire thing changes. I right, and there's a lot of assumptions that people have about us. Somebody once said, with with who you are, how could you be a conservative? And I was like, what do you mean with who I am? Like, I know they meant my skin color. Yeah, I. someone was once talking to me last year and they were like, oh, well, please explain to me your views on politics. Why do you think that? Why do you do this and that? Oh, what did you think that just because of your dad? Like, no, knowing that he was white? And I was like, um, no, I don't. So. Just an individual belief and opinion. 
And Richie, when you're a little bit older, you might get more attuned to politics. You know a lot right now for an eight-year-old, but... I mean, most eight-year-olds, they just want to ride their bike, and <laughs> have watermelons. And- so this is you guys' first time being on my podcast. I'm glad to have had you on. Uh, I really liked it. I, I wanted to be on a while ago, but I didn't know like when would be a good time but this is like a perfect topic to have all of us on here so first-hand experience richie how did you like it oh it was great and yeah it was pretty good you know had to you know speak with our thoughts and stuff and you know pretty good pretty good you know yeah Yeah. and those are my two brothers bucky who's gonna be 13 in july hello everybody (laughs) and Mm. richie i'm eight years old yeah we just established that Isabel. Hi, I'm gonna be. S- <laughs> we'll be 16 in July. That's right. Sweet 16, hoping I can get my permit, but I'm not too confident on the roads yet. Hoping, <laughs> hoping to get a little bit more practice. Yep. And it was a pleasure having you guys on here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you for having us. <laughs> no, I think that was great to have them on. I really do. And even though they're young, they're very conscious of societal issues. We don't stray away from having talks about race and ethnicity. Our parents have always told us things about being black and being white, and we're comfortable with it. The leaders of this country obsess over racial identity, quote, until it looms larger in our lives than God does. And this is a quote by Sundi Tucker Frazier, the author of Check All That Apply, which is an excellent book about being biracial and how to combat all the external issues that society places on you because of it, from a Christian perspective. God understands us in every way. We were created in his likeness, after all, and modern woke society wants us to think that we are always misunderstood and struggling with our identity, often. And people see that we're of color, and that gives them something to base assumptions off of. Like my siblings were all saying, somebody assumed that I liked basketball, somebody thought my hair was a wig, just all of those different things. We actually do get that. But it's because of how society draws all attention to something external like race. One of the first things I had to do at my college was fill out a paper checking all that applied. My ethnicity, my socioeconomic status, my gender, all of that stuff. And those were get-to-know sheets. So I guess in order to know me, they had to know that I'm biracial. Those were the three main deciding factors that made up everybody's identities. Now, yes, those things do add to who we are, but it's what's internal that gives us all our individuality. And I have my parents on here to answer a few more questions because I feel like this whole episode would be incomplete without them. Um, I have my mother, Natasha. Hi, guys. And my father, Ted. Hello. Who you guys may be familiar with from his Pac-Man podcast that's also up on the BMG network. So could you guys describe what it feels like to have raised a biracial family? Well, you know, it's funny, honey. When we were dating... I didn't even look at you as as being black. I just I was, you know, I just saw you and I I just wanted to get to know you better. And it was like three or four months into us dating when I realized that, wow, I'm going to have to break this to my parents. And it, it, that's how it was. I mean, I, and I look at my children, you know, and I, I'm asked, how does it feel to have 
biracial children. I don't look at them as biracial. I look at them as our children. Do you feel the same way? Definitely. And, you know, I just remember you saying one time that on paper, you and I shouldn't even be together. You know, we have an age difference. We, um, you were raised Catholic. I was raised Protestant. You're white. I'm black. You know, it would yeah. seem as though yeah. we should not be together. We, d- we don't look like we should be together. You had friends who intimated as much. They said, you know, you guys don't look right together. You just, you know, maybe because I was so, so much older and am so much older. Well, I mean, no, this, that was years ago. Uh, I had an acquaintance who said something about the two of us being together, but you know. Who cares? Where are they yeah, now? She, yeah. <laughs> and uh, as far as our children, I mean, each of our children, each each child is so special, so unique, and so beautiful. I mean, I, I just, I'm one of those doting mothers. I, I dote over my kids. Well, we, we home, you homeschool. Homeschooling mothers tend to be that way. And you're right about the, the, being biracial. They are, the girls are absolutely gorgeous, inside and out. Mm-hmm. And the boys are just just handsome and, and uh, they're just, they're talented too. All four of them are very artistic in their own way. I can't say enough about them. We're so proud of them. We are, we're so proud of them, all four of them. And so blessed. Mm-hmm. We have two girls and two boys. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people put a premium on having the same number of, you know, boys and girls, and we just, we didn't plan it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big planner, as you know, and it, it shows, sometimes to my detriment. <clears throat> but as far as, you know, any type of racial situation, I think it's important that all four of you can identify with both sides. You know, your black heritage, your Irish heritage from your father's family. I think that's very, very important. And it's it's a beautiful, not just a legacy, but it's, it's something for which to be very, very proud. In a society that emphasizes fitting into one racial group in order to quote unquote belong, what does it feel like to know that we might have to be forced into one group or the other and be too white for the black kids and too black for the white kids? Back when we were dating, honey, remember there was a book by Shelby Steele and it kind of spoke to what Madeline asked about, about if you had children. I don't know if he was from a biracial. He wasn't biracial. He He may have been. He said that your kids would have to identify with one race or the other. And I don't, I don't know if our kids have done that yet. So I never really asked any of my children with which, uh, uh, race they identify have you I mean I don't think it's important to them it's certainly not important to us but I know that we have had conversations um, sitting around the table I remember when the girls were still home homeschooling and um, these natural conversations would pop up mm-hmm. you know and um, when you're raising especially the, the boys in this day and age it's a fact it's just a fact of life that you have to you have to train and teach them how to conduct themselves in society as biracial young men. For what purpose? I mean, you don't want them to be profiled or have society look at them the wrong way, or 
Yeah, because if they're driving in a car or if they're out shopping, and if a cop sees them and wants to profile them, he's not going to say, oh, let me let me see if this kid is, is uh, part white and part black, you know. He's going to see that they are well. One one son in particular, color. yes, is more. Uh, uh, Somebody might have more ethnic-looking hair or a hairstyle. So we have to prepare them for, as you said, how to conduct themselves out in the world. But all parents should, white or black, should teach their children, especially sons, how to conduct themselves. That's true. I mean, you know, white parents need to do that too, but there are special challenges for the parents of biracial children. Yes. You know, as Christian parents, we want to teach and train our kids. Um, We want to give them great values, teach them and teach them to uphold great morals and values. And um, so you're right about that. But, you know, when when people look at them, they're seeing people of color, our girls too. So these are conversations that you have to have with your kids. And I think we've had them. We, we need to have more of them. I think our children are pretty well adjusted, don't you? I mean, the girls, especially the boys are younger, but they're, they're doing quite well. They are doing quite well. And because... I grew up in a small rural town, so to me, and it's predominantly white, Mm -hmm. I grew up here, it's what I know, I'm pretty comfortable with it. For my kids, it's difficult, I think, um, for some of them to not see other kids who look like them. There's just a smattering Mm -hmm. of families and, and people of color here in this town, and I think that for some of our kids, that is difficult. And they've expressed that to you. Yes, yeah. they have, and we, we've talked about it. This is a great place to raise kids. There are some really special and wonderful, My all my best friends are mm-hmm. here. So when they see us, when they see how you and I interact together as a couple and trying to raise them as godly people first, that has to come first, then all the other things can can come after that you know everything else is secondary and uh, i think it's been said and i agree with this that a person's race is the least important thing about them or should be because they have as you were saying they have so much else going for them their art and all of their other interests you know little little micah was just saying today he's he's doing this study now on um, the solar system and (laughs) You know, being biracial, that to him, he's not even thinking about that. He's thinking about how much he loves to learn. We talked about how the things that they like to study have nothing to do with their race. They talked about um, astronomy and science and history and all of those things. And when I asked them, is it because you're biracial? They said no. What about musical tastes? Yours, honey. I like how my dad is treating me like I'm the guest on my own podcast. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do listen to a variety of different genres. I listen to rock, I listen to rap, I listen to alternative rap. I'm not really a pop fan. It's pretty eclectic, I guess. Honey? Yeah, and it, and it doesn't have anything to do with what color skin we have because I'm a huge Journey fan and you love The Temptations. I love the Temptations, Al Green, Blue Magic, the stylistics. 
you know, but you also love um, James, James Taylor. Taylor and Jackson Brown and and I have some some favorites as well. You know, some of the the black artists who are amazing. So it's, you know, but the Carpenters? The Carpenters? Yeah. Oh, hey, gosh. I love So 70. I love Karen Carpenter. Oh, God bless her. Always have. All right. But we all we were doing was just proving that our skin color has nothing to do with who we are internally. Now that's that is the overall point of this whole episode. But it was really great to have both of you guys on here. It was nice to have the whole family talk about the same uh, subject. And thank you for being on with me. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much, Madeline. No problem. So just to wrap this up, guys, I have one more question for my siblings. How do you like being biracial? I think it's really, really great. It's so awesome that we get to stand out from everybody else. We're different and I love it. I love being biracial and it's not the only thing that makes us who we are. So how do you feel about being biracial? I just feel like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm. <laughs> 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 <laughs>